Hey everyone, I'm Hunter Molzen, one of the founders of Barbell Apparel, and we're here today with another episode of the Breaking Boundaries podcast. I have the honor of chatting with Matt Karakis today. He's the lead singer of a band called Citizen. Um, people in my team introduced me to this band, and I listen to them all the time when I'm working out. It's great music. If you uh, need some some good music to listen to during the next training session, be sure to check them out on Spotify. It's Citizen, just like the word. But you guys, uh, you make some great music. It's awesome to have you here today, Matt. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I love uh, the brand. I love all the clothes and stuff. It's awesome. Yeah, and I, I think Kyle from my staff found you guys organically because he enjoyed the music and then noticed that you were into fitness. And and we sent Matt some clothing for everyone listening, and that's how we got introduced to him. But you're, you're a pretty fit guy. It looks like you spend a lot of time exercising, doing MMA, uh, and, and kind of maintain that even with the, the demands of touring and all that. Yeah. Um, you know, fitness has always been a, a huge part of my life, you know, like most people. But uh, I feel like um, it's kind of, it, you know, now I feel like working out is, and Muay Thai and stuff, which is what I primarily, primarily do, um, is like more mainstream than ever, which is great. But back when uh, Citizen first started, um, it wasn't. And I was kind of like, uh, you know, one of the few people that seemingly were front men, I guess, in a band that were very into it in, in my world of music, which would be like emo, alternative, kind, you know, like that kind of vibe, uh, you know, that was really into it. And um, yeah, I've, I, uh, I wake up every day and I immediately go to the gym. It's the first thing I do every single day. And then I do uh, Muay Thai usually at around 6.30. I got it today in about three hours here. So, um, yeah, big part of my life. So. Yeah, no, I feel you. I mean, I I read a little bit of the, the bio questions we sent you over before the interview. And it was kind of a similar journey for me. Like, I was... Um, not particularly athletically gifted when I was in like elementary school. Starting in middle school, I started getting into some sports. I did a lot of skateboarding and some other things, but I was I was pretty skinny. Extreme so sports. Maybe, yeah, yeah, extreme sports. <laughs> uh, but I was I was like really skinny. I was like I, I kind of grew all at once. So I was like six one and maybe a hundred and forty five or hundred and fifty pounds. And wow. uh, like on me, that's real thin. I have like a not a super small bone structure. Uh, but I, it was like sophomore year in high school or whatever. I was like, man, I need to fix this. And so I started going to like a local Gold's gym and working out there. And I remember this is maybe back in 2005 or something, right? Before before Instagram was really a thing, before Facebook was a thing, before fitness had all these out, outlets to get popularized. And I was like the one kid in the gym. It was me yeah. and like a bunch of, you know, older people and then like actual bodybuilders. Like, you know, Jay Cutler actually was at this gym often when I was working out. Oh, was wow. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. It was, it was a lot of fun. But I remember back then, like I was one of the few young people that, that liked to work out back then. And it seems that as social media has advanced, it's gotten more popular. Uh, but like you said, I'm sure when you first started, I mean, especially in the touring world, you're kind of like forging that path alone. And then it's become kind of more popular over the years. Yeah, a bit, you know, so, so like I said, in my scene, primarily, like there's not, you know, many people at the time too into it. And um, then we started doing things like Warp Tour, where we would tour with a variety of different bands would be on the tour. And once you hang out with the metal bands and yeah. stuff, that's where all the people, all yeah, the weightlifters yeah. are, you know what I'm saying? And all that kind of stuff. And uh, so that was pretty cool to uh, experience that. And 
So that was uh, 2013. We first did Warp Tour, and we did it again in 2015. But the, yeah, when we first did Warp Tour, it was the first time I met a whole bunch of people on tour that were into the same things as I did, as I was, and uh, and that was very cool, you know. And um, yeah, I've just like you. I mean, if you're six one and you're one forty five, I could imagine because I'm only five nine. And I weighed 145 my sophomore year, and I was tiny, you know? So that's crazy. But uh, I kind of got lost along the way. I don't remember what I was saying. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. We can circle it back. I mean, so, yeah, you, you, it seems like you got back – you got into fitness during high school because of, like, similar reasons, right? You were skinny, and you yeah. wanted to put on mass. So was well, your first introduction to fitness, was it more like lifting, just general weightlifting? Or? Yeah, so – I've, I didn't play sports growing up. Um, my brother was, a a very good athlete I and mean, still is. Um, but I was like computer music guy growing up, you know, and, but all my friends were the football players and the wrestlers. And so, and everybody was small. And then we got into high school and around my sophomore year, I noticed all my friends were pretty jacked and I was still, a noodle, you know, and I was like, oh man, I, you know, I need to bulk up a little bit. I'm looking puny, you know? So that was pretty much insecurity is what uh, made me start lifting. Cause all of my friends were so fit and pretty, pretty big and burly, you know? And I was just the scrawny little, the scrawny little wimp, you know? So I, uh, that's, that's what made me uh, hit the gym and uh, yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. Like in many ways, form follows function, right? So if if a lot of your friends or your brother, whoever were doing athletics, like they, they'll build muscle just kind of like by the nature of their activity. But if you right. feel like I, w- I was similar, right? Like I liked skateboarding. I liked, I was a musician too. Like I had dreams of being in a band at one point and then um, went after a little bit and realized I would not actually like the touring lifestyle or the demands that it would take to be successful. And so pivoted out of that. Um, but I was kind of similar. Like I, I didn't really play sports. Um, and, and I didn't like team sports. And so I, I didn't really have this kind of hobby that would foster building muscle or physique or anything like that. And then I found weightlifting and I really liked that. Um, and, and I enjoyed kind of that I could do it alone. I could measure progress. It, it kind of like appeals to the inner nerd, right? Like weightlifting is like, well, I can, I can kind of like systematize this, break it down. I can watch how my lifts go up. I can see how my weight changes on the scale. It's, and if you're a musician too, Weightlifting is perfect because if you're writing music, I go to the gym and I'm just getting a pump on, you know, and I'm listening to the demos or I'm listening to, you know, it's like, it's like, like what you said, like, oh, I could do it alone. I don't like team sports. Um, I kind of, I like that as well. And that, that's a good point that I've actually never thought of is you can kind of like digest all your other hobbies within weightlifting. You know what I'm saying? So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, like you can't tell cause you're wearing this baggy shirt. It's the, it's the style right now. But, um, yeah. if, if people go look at your Instagram, like you, you've definitely are, you're not skinny anymore. You've put on some serious amounts of muscle mass and you managed to maintain that and, and be consistent with it. Um, while being a touring musician. So first off, I, like, I think it could relate really well to anyone that has strict demands on their time or, or maybe finds themselves challenged in terms of like a, a regimen to be able to get into the gym and adhere to like nutrition and sleep and lifting, you're able to do that while touring, which is probably one of the more 
physically demanding jobs in terms of like you're sleeping in a different place every night. You're, you're up late because you're playing shows uh, and you still have to manage to eat well, sleep and get to the gym. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what your touring schedule is typically like and then how you manage to squeeze fitness into all of that. So when you're on tour, at least at like, you know, a lower level of touring, right. You know, we're not, we're not playing arenas and we don't get catering. You know what I'm saying? Not, not, like, not yet. Right. Not, not yet. yet. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Right. One day we'll make it. No, but, um, you pretty much, so you wake up and you eat at gas stations all day. You know, you go to pilots and flying J's and I found that in terms of eating, it's, it's hard because like, when you're just driving all the time, you you want to be like you want to feel happy, and you're not happy, or you're riding in. So like, what do you do? You stop at a gas station. Your first instinct is like, oh, I want this Carmelo bar. Or, oh, I want this bag of Sour Patch, which I still to this day indulge in, knowing I shouldn't. But you know, like it, it, it just being overall uncomfortable, and you're not getting good sleep creates bad habits. So you got to like, you got to remember that, you know, and that's something I've been doing lately. So it's like, so if I go to the gas station, I just let on tour, all I do is count my, pro, my protein. That's all I do. Um, I noticed that if I just get like, I don't know, my body weight and a half and protein a day, like I usually just, I hold whatever physique I have at the time or whatever, you know, level of whatever, so um, I pretty much, my rules are just, is it fried? Don't eat it. You know, is there sugar in it? I guess it depends on how much, you know, but don't eat it. So, uh, you know, I, I go to gas stations. I, I opt for the, the natural section. So there's the, the prepackaged hard-boiled eggs and the, the Chobani yogurts. And I do get bags of beef jerky, though. So I, I'm pretty sure that... It's really high in sodium, right? I don't, I'm not. I've I've heard conflicting things. Is sodium bad or is it good? I don't know. You know, like, I think it depends on who you ask. But uh, like yeah, some people. I think people in the more like traditional medical community might might have less good things to say about it. But some people in the athletic space have a lot of really great things to say about it. So I don't know. Not an expert, but I'm sure you're fine. Um, yeah. And it's a great way to get protein for sure from a gas station. That's probably like one of my go-to snacks if I'm on the road too and need to, to get some protein in. Um, yeah. And it looks like, I mean, like that's worked well for you. You obviously, uh, if you're, if you're just monitoring protein, you're getting enough of that in to maintain your muscle mass and you're not, your, your body composition from what I've seen in, in your Instagram looks pretty good. So it's not like you're overeating either. Do you do anything specifically to make sure you're not overeating or do you just kind of think you have a good intuitive sense of how that comes together? No. Yeah. I just, if I eat a lot of bullshit, you know what I'm saying? Then, then I, I fall off. But if I'm eating smart and, um, I could, I am fortunate to be able to indulge in food very much. So without getting, without putting on a lot of weight, you know? So it's just my personal experiences. I could eat. I mean, as long as I'm not like loading up on the carbs, really, you know what I'm saying? But I feel the best when I eat carbs. Right. Yeah. So like, it's this like, I don't know, but yeah, I, 
I just eat until I'm full and um, I try to eat not heavy things on the road specifically. Um, when I'm home, I do like sweet potatoes and steak and, you know, s- stuff that I cook and um, which is actually kind of a new thing. I notice as I get older, like um, I can't get away with as much because I used to be like a McDonald's Taco Bell guy and, uh, you know, I'd go crush two Big Macs after a workout, I'd crush a few McDoubles before a workout. And uh, it's funny how I used to do that and I would feel like ready to go and like really strong. And now I do that and I'm like, you know, I've. I feel like I want to take a nap and I feel horrible and I get heart palpitations. You know what I'm saying? It's horrible. Yeah. So, yeah, it's funny to hear. So, so you're 28 saying like, as I get older, but I do think that like there is a shift somewhere in your mid twenties, like maybe 26 or 27 was right when I was like, man, I can't just kind of like do whatever I want anymore. I have to be a little bit more intentional about this. And I don't know like how much of it is, age versus kind of like the demands on your time as you get older and you're like less overall active. Right. Cause like someday I'll, I'll spend a lot of time outdoors. Right. And so like some days if I'm outside from like 6am and sometimes I'll be out past dark. Right. So I've been outside for like 12 hours and I've gotten, you know, I've basically been out walking or hiking 12 miles and done other physical activity and stuff like that. And just basically shredded calories all day long. I can come back and eat whatever I want and I'll feel fine because like my body just incinerates it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if, if I don't do that, like if I did one of those days and ate a bunch of Taco Bell or McDonald's, I'd feel fine. My body just needs the food, you know, whatever food I can give it. Um, but if I had like a normal work day where, you know, I wake up, I work out in my garage for an hour and then I sit at a desk and do whatever else. And I ate something like that. I'd feel terrible. So obviously part of it's probably like biological age. But the other thing too, is like when you're younger, you're a kid, you're kind of just, you don't have the demands of like a, a career or like a full blown adult. So like, at least for me, I filled that space with being like a lot of active stuff, right? Like I'd skateboard, I'd go hang out with friends, I'd do whatever. And so you are just kind of like, you, you know what I mean? Like, I remember when I was a kid, I'd be so hungry after I get back from like a day of doing whatever. Yeah. And that doesn't happen as an adult unless I've done something like purposefully active. So I think right. that plays into it a little bit as well. And then like for you, when you're at home, right, you say you wake up and you're working out in the morning and then doing Muay Thai at night. Like that's a pretty active schedule. Are you doing yeah. that like regularly during like every day during the week when you're at home? Yes. every. Well, I take two days off a week. Yeah. So you're doing um, two a days, five days a week. That's a lot of yeah. exercise. Yeah. 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 And you know, I guess that does make sense because I always feel even if I'm eating like pretty okay, which once again is, is hard when you're at a gas station, um, every day, but, uh, I, I feel the worst all the time, you know? And if I do indulge, maybe that has to do with what you're saying where I'm just kind of like sitting around because touring to touring isn't like, it's funny because like people will be like, Oh, you're on tour. Like so awesome. You're doing so many cool things. And it's like, if you put a fucking GoPro on my head, what you would see is me laying down in the van for like eight hours, getting out, loading in the gear, doing a body weight workout, and then I sit down and then I wait to play, play, and then I back in the, load the gear back in, back in the van, repeat every day, you know? So I am doing a lot of sitting compared to what I do at home, which, you know, two a days, but it's, um, 
I, I do still try to work out on the road and I do, I have an app called mad bars. I don't know if you ever heard of mad bars, but it's like, um, it's like body weight workouts. So I just do usually on tour unless I can hit a gym, but usually, you know, that's the uh, gyms are a luxury on, yeah. on the road, you know? So probably often don't have the time to go find a gym, drive there and, you know, get your workout and go back. Yeah. Yeah. I know anything that's like, uh, I mean, cause like when you're, when you're driving or traveling or flying or whatever for hours and hours and hours, it's, it's funny how like you're, you're doing nothing, but you're still tired when you're done doing that. Like you're for done, sure. I'm done laying down in the van or done driving or done sitting in, in the, the airplane seat and I get to my destination. I'm like, Oh, I like plop down in a seat, you know, like I'm like all tired from sitting, um, it to be consistent it's best to have everything uh accessible so like when i get to a venue or a hotel you know if the hotel doesn't have a gym, it's like the last thing i want to do oops the last thing i want to do is get in an uber and go to a gym or walk to a gym or you know or like go get a lime scooter you know i, I just like don't want to do that you know so the best thing for me personally, and I feel like for a lot of people would be is to, um, just bust out, have, have a plan to follow on your phone and just bust out, you know, the workout where you can, like in your immediate area that I've noticed that's the best way to stay consistent. Um, if I'm ever scoping out gyms on the road, it lasts a few days and then I, and then I fall off cause it's just, it's just annoying. You know, I'm just tired yeah. and, so, and I usually bring like a, a cooler or some sort, maybe I'll just use like a suitcase and I have a bunch of Epic bars and a bunch of uh, core powers, you know, just with, with fiber gummies, of course, because if you drink a bunch of core powers and you don't have fiber, you can't shit, right? So I just eat the fiber gummies, drink the core powers, I'm good. You know what I'm saying? So, because... Near, you know, when you're traveling, that's hard too. Uh, eating is hard. It's all yeah. hard when, if you're not at home, you don't have the grocery store. Like, it's just it's it's very easy to indulge in things that are bad because you're uncomfortable and you're tired. Just everything you you just want quick uh, reward. And how do you do that? Like junk food, and you know, yeah. at least that's my personal experience. So. No, no, I think there's a lot of interesting things to unpack there. I mean, the, the it seems like whether you're doing this consciously or not, like you, you've basically been able to remove a lot of barriers to stay to adhering to kind of like your fitness goals where you're traveling, right? And so it's like, even though you're stuck in a gas station, you'll grab protein bars, beef jerky, hard boiled eggs, yogurt, all like relatively high protein low fat type of snacks that are still getting you like adequate macronutrient intake to at least like maintain the muscle mass you have. And then squeezing in body weight workouts where you can also again, helping you maintain the muscle mass that you have. And then when you're not on tour, you just hammer the gym. And that's probably where I'd guess you make most or, or all of your progress on your lifts and stuff like that. And then it's kind of like back to tour maintenance mode. And then you kind of go in these cycles. But I think that uh, it's really good advice 
whether you mean it to be advice or not for someone that does have to travel like that, it's like, you can make it work, right? Like it may not be ideal and you may not be able to like pile on a bunch of extra muscle while you're touring or traveling or whatever, but you can maintain what you have in pretty suboptimal conditions, right? Like surviving on beef jerky and yogurt and doing some pushups. So I think that the, yes. the fact that you're able to make that work is pretty cool. I don't think you even uh, under very bad conditions. Like I don't even think you lose muscle until like a month, like the feeling of being deplete or I, I don't know if that's f- factual or not two to four weeks, somewhere around there. Like, yeah, but the feeling of being depleted is, doesn't mean you actually have lost progress. You know, you could be lacking electrolytes, you know, or whatever, like dehydrated as fuck. Like every time I, I leave for tour, I always feel pretty good and I feel pretty full. And even if I am on my best behavior the whole tour, I come home feeling very flat and depleted. But after four or five days, I'm like pretty much back to where I was. Does that make sense? I don't know. No, for sure. I mean, I'd guess most of the depletion you feel is probably nutrition related because you're basically just cramming yourself full of like protein and and nothing else. Um, Very low carb on tour. Yeah. And that I feel like – that that contributes a lot to it. So. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if that's part of how you're able to keep like a pretty reasonable body composition too is like accidental cyclic dieting. Like you're you're <laughs> eating like a bunch of healthy carbs and stuff while you're at home working out hard. And then when you go on tire on tour, you're basically doing like high protein, low carb diets just because that's your only option unless you want to eat total, you know, total yes. just like basically junk food. Um, no, that's that's pretty interesting. Yeah, it it's worked for me personally and um yeah touring is i mean it's great because i love playing shows i love playing shows and i love music because you know that's the whole that's the whole thing right but every other part of touring i just i i muscle through it i've i would much rather i'm very uh i i like routine and you don't you don't get that on tour i mean you have some sort of routine because you're doing you're going to the same gas station every day and driving the same dip, but it's just not a good routine. It's not a good routine. You know, I like, I like waking up and going to the gym, taking a shower, get on my computer, do whatever I want, go work out again. And you know, like just, I don't know. So, yeah, for sure. No, I think it's interesting. You know, when I was, uh, late high school or early college maybe. And I was like, you know, maybe, maybe I want to take a shot at being a musician. I was in a band and everything. And I did some like things that were similar to touring and realized like, I hate this. I don't want to do that. Uh, and and it's like, it seems like it was, it was like an indie rock band. It's, it's, if MySpace was still around, you could listen to the music, but it got all deleted in the purge. But, uh, (laughs) but the it seems like right like touring probably only becomes cool if you're like one of the mega bands right like you're on private jets and in like five star yeah. hotels then it might not be so bad but below anything besides like the top highest tier it's it's a big grind like it's a lot of driving and sitting around and like you said not having any of your creature comforts and kind of like surviving yeah. off of whatever food you can find and you know you you just miss your family and did all, you know, all that kind of stuff, you know? So it's just, and you know, I, I, I don't want to sound like I'm complaining by any means. I, I would, I would much rather be on the road for a few months and then get to do whatever I want than be working at wherever, you know, personally. So I, I don't want to sound like I am complaining, but you know, 
just traveling is is tiring and yeah yeah for sure and it's not so much a complaint i think as much as just like pointing out the realities of it like yeah it's awesome you get to do something that's probably a lot of people's dreams and you admittedly enjoy the cool parts of it but it does have parts that a lot of people probably don't realize are not that fun um you mentioned missing your family you got married recently uh does your wife come with you on tour or does she stay back at home no so she is a nurse in the army so she got stationed in virginia and i moved out to uh, virginia with her so she can't really travel because of the military. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, we're we're out here right now. So um, I guess I miss my family all the time at this point, you know. But this is only we'll be back in. We're from we. I'm from Toledo, Ohio. So we'll be back in Toledo in a, in a like a year and a half or so. So yeah. So when you're on tour, she's she's stationed. So you guys are apart when you're touring. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so that adds to the challenge of it all, I'm sure. Yeah, she's not a musician, so I mean, well, I guess she dabbles in things, but you know, she doesn't tour, so um, she, you know, I don't. Even if she wasn't in the military, I don't think she'd really be on the road anyway. Yeah. So. Yeah, so, for sure. But yeah, I've been touring for like ten years at this point, so I'm, you know, numb Used to, to it. it at this point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm numb um, to it. I guess that, so we talked a little bit about how you eat and stuff. We are on tour and how you kind of like do the body weight stuff to maintain your fitness. Um, how do you sleep when you're on tour? Cause like, obviously are you, you're, you're sleeping probably kind of wherever you can, but. Yeah, it's, it's pretty bad on tour. It's just. So we recently switched to this thing called a bandwagon, which is essentially a tour bus an affordable tour bus, I guess you could say, right? Which it's still very expensive. But um, So in my head, because I'm used to, you play the show and then you drive till 1 or 2 a.m. You get as much sleep as you can. You wake up at 8 a.m. and, you know, you drive till 2 a.m., but you don't go to sleep till 3.30 a.m., you know, like 4, whatever. So I'm used to not getting that much sleep. And uh, we, we recently made the transition to this bus bandwagon and um, it has bunks and stuff. And I was really excited about it because now I can, I could just play a show, load out and go to sleep, you know, yeah, and wake up whenever I want. And, uh, but the, the things are so bumpy that I, the whole time that I'm trying to sleep, I'm like in, I'm like 50% sleep. What was that called? I'm not in REM sleep. Is that what it is? Yeah. I don't know. It's like where you like, you're like conscious, you know, I, I think I'm asleep right now, but then I like wake up and, oh my God, it's almost like, it's almost better to just go to the hotels, you know, but sleeping, sleeping on the road sucks because you just drive late and then you got to leave early. It just, that's, that's what, that's what's affected the most. And I sing, right? So did you sing in your band? I did. Yeah. You did? Cool. Yeah. yeah. So so sleep's important for us, right? I mean, yeah. a bad night of sleep, I'll wake up and my voice will just, it'll be shot, you know? And um, so that's something I struggle with a lot on the road is that the lack of sleep really um, hurts my ability to, to sing, which is my one sole reason I'm on the road, right? <laughs> so... 
it's, it sucks. You know, um, I, I had to, um, take some, uh, what's in, they sell, what's in z I started taking Z-Quil on my last tour because I literally, I couldn't sleep and I had no yeah. voice and I like had to have like something to help me out. And I started wearing earplugs actually. And yeah. that kind of helped. Mask maybe. Yeah. Face yeah. mask, earplugs. And I've never done that before. That that actually helps quite a bit. It helps a lot. Yeah. 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 But I've uh, yeah. like, I, I've used those too when I travel. I, unfortunately, I'm kind of a light sleeper. So I need it like dark and quiet, which is not always in, in your control. And it's like the, like the earplugs and the, the sleep mask can help for sure. There's, there's some other like nutritional supplements that can really help with sleep too. Um, we could chat about that more after the podcast, but, uh, but I can completely relate. And then, yeah, like as far as recovering for singing, like, yeah, if you don't like people, you're using muscles and like your vocal cords and like there's soft tissue that it basically has like micro damage that you need to sleep and recover. Yeah. So I can imagine if you're not sleeping, it, it compounds into like a big issue. Like, it's the same for me. I have two young kids now. I have a three-year-old and a one-year-old. And so, like, I'm not singing or really doing much for music at all anymore. But I do do a lot for working out. And it's like I have my training schedule and stuff like that. And I know that, like, if I have a bad night's sleep, my training the next day is either going to suck or it's just not going to happen. Because, like, yeah. I just won't have recovered, you know? Yeah. So, I can, I can totally relate. Yeah. It's, you know, as I get older, once again... You know, I, I uh, value sleep yeah. so much more. It's yeah. just crazy to think about when I was 18 and I, I could just like pull an all-nighter and then I'd go f- fucking rip an insane workout in the morning. And then, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know, then go play a show in Toledo later that yeah. night. You know, it was just like, how, how? I couldn't, I couldn't even, if I get like five hours of sleep now, I wake up and I'm like, like where am I? Yeah. You youth, know, youth is truly the best uh, performance enhancing drug of all of right, them. Right? Yeah. I remember the same thing. Like yeah, yeah, when I was eighteen or whatever, I could do whatever I wanted. It didn't matter. But uh, but yeah, I mean, we've talked a lot about kind of like the challenges of touring and all that, and your fitness. Um, let's talk about some of the good parts of of your your musical career because obviously you've done something that a lot of people try and never achieve, which is to be able to make a living uh, being a band and touring. Um, I, you said you've been touring for 10 years, I guess, like what was the year that you first felt like citizen as a band was able to kind of like support you in its entirety. And you're like, okay, this is happening. So we, um, we got the warp tour offer in 2013 and it was, um, we were that year we released an album called youth and, um, I told everybody that I was going to do Warped Tour and then I'm done. I'm going to go to college because at that point I drained all of my savings. I, we were just on the road all the time. I was miserable on the road um, and making and losing just, I was like, I can't, I can't survive like this. I just can't like, I got to see and do some cool things. I'm calling it, you know? And then, um, we did warp tour and it was great. And after that warp tour, I got my first paycheck from citizen, you know? And, uh, I was like, huh, maybe I could. And granted it wasn't shit. It was literally like, maybe I can't, 
nine hundred to a thousand dollars. It was like something like that, and I was like, "Whoa!" You know what I'm saying? I couldn't even believe it. I was like, "Oh my god!" I was just gone for eight weeks and made that. You know, it's like so. I was like, "Whoa!" Like maybe maybe this could be a thing. You know, so I was like, "Okay," you know, like ride this out a little bit longer and. Um, thankfully things just, uh, worked out really well for us. There's a, there's a lot of bands that are, uh, way better than us and way more talented in every aspect. You know, I know like four chords. I'm writing a song. I've, I wrote like a hundred songs. They're all the same song. I'm not doing anything cool. Yeah. They're literally all the same song. So, and there's so many people that don't get that stroke of luck that we got. And I'm uh, very thankful for that, you know, and I'm, I'm uh, pretty, pretty happy. I decided to, uh, you know, to not be a quitter. Right. So, yeah. Hey, hey you yeah. can do a lot with four chords, right? Like Blink-182 is one of the biggest. Right. Yeah. Ever there you go. The There's another chords. example. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. But no, that's cool, man. I, so do you feel like you, you mentioned luck in, in that luck was obviously a component. I guess how much of your success do you attribute to the luck and how much do you attribute to the, kind of hard work aspect because you mentioned that you know bands that are maybe more talented or better musicians but the the work is kind of like a component inside of your control too right being able to tour and put up with the grind and put yourself kind of like in the way of success i mean to an extent like like yeah like you have to tour and you have to you have to put yourself out there like if you want to do anything in art i mean you could be an oil painter like you have to put yourself out there um but the truth is like some things just don't stick for whatever reason. And I have no idea. There's bands that I yeah. love that, that can't draw 20 people to a New York show. And it's like, why? Like they're amazing. You know, I, 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 I truly don't get it. There's bands that tour way more than citizen has or ever had. And they, they don't do very well. And they're better than us. And it's like, I don't know why, you know, uh, I think, I think citizen came up at a time where the internet was, um, Tumblr was a big thing at the time when citizen was first starting and people on Tumblr loved us for whatever reasons, you know, it was like emo was like a big thing on Tumblr and yeah. we just, we caught a wave luckily. And, um, it, it, that wave carried us into, uh, other places, you know, and I, I, I do think, I do think a lot of it is luck. Like I said, you know, a lot of, like I said, a, a lot of bands do more, more work way harder than us and don't have it as good. And, uh, there's bands that work less, less than us and have it way better. Like, I, I just don't, you know, like, I don't, I don't understand um, how it works. I, I, I legitimately don't being in a band is like, um, very high highs and very low lows. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a very, uh, it's a, an emotional roller coaster. I mean, you, you could play, you could play a show and you could feel awesome. Like, Oh man, there, you know, it could be a sold out show and, the crowd was awesome and they were singing every word and you just, you just feel really good about yourself. And then the next day you play and 
it's a quarter sold room and people are standing there with their fucking arms crossed acting like your dick's hanging out of your pants. And you're like, man, I feel like such a loser right now. Like, why do I feel like such a loser? I felt so cool last night. You know, like yeah, it's yeah. just, you know, I, I, I don't understand. I, I don't understand how things work. And, and I, maybe luck is the wrong word. I don't know, but that's, that's just the way no, I feel. I'm sure there is a component of luck and, and uh, like part of it is there's just so much outside of your control if you want to be successful as a band or as a musician, right? Yeah. Like you have to you have to get introduced to the right people. You have to be able to kind of like intuit some of the things. Like I'm sure luck was part of it, but I'm sure also like you guys probably did some things like with Tumblr that you just kind of like it, it maybe just made sense to you, but it was something that you did in your control, right? And like man, well, we I, I remember already, we weren't even on Tumblr. It was okay. just a like we weren't personally on Tumblr. It was just people that were on Tumblr started sending us links, and they were like, "Oh, this thing is viral right now," or you know, like whatever. Like, look at how many reposts this has, and we were like, yeah. "Oh, that's kind of cool," you know? Like, yeah, yeah. We, you know, we we just caught a we caught a wave, and it, it worked out really well for us. So yeah, no, I mean that that's awesome and also interesting. I think that was kind of like one of the things I realized too when I was you know making my feeble attempts at musicianship. It was like I, I knew guys in other bands that were wildly talented and all and not getting success or they would have a little bit and then it would fall and then they'd have to go back and work. And then I was like, man, this just looks tough. Um, and it is tough. But the fact that you guys have been able to to achieve a level of success is awesome. Um, you you mentioned that, you know, with the luck involved and with the hardships, if someone listening to this had aspirations or dreams of kind of like pursuing music as a career, what would you, what would you tell them? I say do it. I mean, the, the reality of anything, anything like, I, like anything involving the arts or like, there's no promises. It's not, it's not getting a job, a stable job that's, going to be there for a long time, you know, I guess anything, I guess nothing makes promises, but you know, something more stable. Like if you're going to take a risk, I just feel like you should just do it. And yeah, I mean like really like what's the worst that's going to happen. You're going to, you're going to fail, but you're, you'll have cool experiences and then you go, yeah. then you go get a job and like do whatever you want all the time. Like that's pretty cool. Or you go and you take the shot and maybe it works out. And then, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think, I think that's really cool. And I, I, I encourage it when people are like, Matt, uh, you know, I want to start a band. Like, what do I do? I'm just like, go tour. That's, that's the first thing I'll say to anybody. It's like, make friends and don't be a douchebag and go tour. And if it sticks, it sticks. That's awesome. If not, like you wrote some, music that you love and you traveled and you saw a bunch of things and you made a bunch of friends. Now you got friends. Now you got friends everywhere. That's awesome. You go back home and have all these friends and experiences. That's awesome. You know, like that's, that's one of my favorite, probably my favorite thing about touring is um, I just, I know so many people and most of my closest friends, people I talk to every single day, I FaceTime every day. Like they're not people from, Toledo, you know, they're, they're people that I met on tour or that I met through the band, like the band, 
the band has given me so many relationships that I value so much. And uh, that's, that's the coolest part about being in a band. So I would never um, want to rob anybody of that experience. I think everybody should experience something like that. You know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's better to to live with like having tried and failed than the regret of never having tried at all, right? Yeah, like exactly. Uh, like you know, I I did enough with my musician stuff when I was younger that I'm totally comfortable with how that went. Like I real I tried. I realized I didn't like it. I'm good. I don't have to live wondering what would have happened. And yeah. if someone wanted to pursue it more than I did, obviously, I think you would be much better off like giving it a real shot. And if it doesn't work out, like it doesn't work out. But like you said, you'll have the memories and the experiences. And you'll know that you tried, uh, you know, and, and I think that's, uh, that's really good advice. And wouldn't that, that would even apply to like you, like with your, with barbell apparel, right? Like that's like, that's a risk. Like you're going to get to, you know how many people I know that started clothing companies that it's not a clothing company anymore. Cause nobody bought it. Like, like you took a risk and now you're chilling in your seemingly very nice house, drinking with your kids. And you know, I, I, I think everybody I feel like if you have an idea that you should just you should just take a, a nice swing at it. And if you fail, I mean there's no shame in failing. There's so many people that that don't even do that. So Yeah. Why not? Right? No, for sure. Hey, yeah, and I mean that's a that's an interesting comparison because like Barbell Pearl was a wild risk to take and also involved a decent amount of luck. And it, I mean, business has ongoing risks, right? Like Barbell Peril could still go out of business one day. Who knows? Knock on wood. Hopefully yeah. it doesn't. Um, <laughs> but even if it did, like I know that I, we've done the best we could have done. And I'm very proud of what we achieved no matter what happens in the future. And I think that's like the best way to live your, your life, right? Is like, don't wait till, you know, some unknown future date to pursue the things that are meaningful to you or that you want to try. Like try them now. Like I said, the worst that can happen is it doesn't work out, but at least you tried and now you know. Yeah. So. Yeah. Worse to live by, you know? Yeah, yeah, for so. sure. No, it's awesome. I guess uh, what's what, what do you guys have on the future plans for Citizen? So we're doing uh, – we we just uh, – a few months ago, we finished our uh, our last tour for the year, and we're, we're actually doing a new record in February is when we start recording. So there's that, and – Next year is the 10 year for youth. So we're thinking about doing a couple, a couple shows for that. Um, so everything, everything is just kind of, we have a very open year next year and we're kind of figuring out what to do and what we want to do and what feels good. And, you know, um, yeah, clean slate really besides recording that's a hundred percent happening, uh, in February next year in LA. So, um, nice. yeah. No, it's awesome. I'm excited to hear the the new music when it comes out. Um, well, Matt, thank you for taking the time to chat with us today. It's been a fun conversation. If uh, our listeners want to follow along with you, obviously they can listen to Citizen on on Spotify or Apple Music or wherever else people get music. I listen to it on Spotify. But uh, cool. Where should they if they want to follow you along personally? Where th- where should they do that at? Uh, Citizen the band is the Instagram. Nice. Uh, Citizen MI is the Twitter, even though I guess we're, we're from Toledo. I grew up in Lambertville, Michigan, which is like right on the border of Ohio where Toledo is. So I started Citizen. It was Michigan, but everybody is from Ohio, you know, but um, yeah. So Awesome. 
Cool. Well, we'll be sure to follow along. I uh, look forward to hearing the new music once it's released. But again, thank you for taking the time to chat today, and uh, we'll have to chat again soon. Hell yeah. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Likewise.